Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brewer Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Hope you enjoyed yourself with your family or whatever you guys got involved in. And hope you guys are having a fantastic Monday today. I know a lot of kids are going back to school. Mine as well. So that was a fun morning getting everybody ready to go and rolling out. And I uh, encourage everybody to continue to be positive, continue to uplift one another and constantly, you know, encourage one another on a regular basis, especially if you're the, you know, part of the household leader, you know, mom or dads, it's really important in the morning that you constantly try to build your children up and encourage them, not just trying to just, you know, puff them up, but actually encourage them to do things and have thought provoking conversations and then, you know, talk to them about certain things. Because as I've noticed now more and more, the conversations and the I guess I could say the connections between a lot of families and kids now is starting to diminish, especially with younger kids. These kids are becoming so rapidly involved with all kinds of different school, you know, school functions, and then constantly more and more other things to keep them busy, busy, busy. And then these phones and these iPads that are just ruining a lot of families. I've personally seen, you know, the conversations and the engagements with family and kids now, from what I've personally witnessed, is getting kind of sad. And this is why it's so important, you know, to really make a concerted effort as a parent. Because remember, children, especially, you know, they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you know, they don't really have a concept of building relationships. You know, they understand their friends, they understand their family and stuff like that, but they're going to do whatever basically is whatever they're in the mood to do. You know, they're not going to do something to try to build a rapport or try to expand a relationship or try to understand this more and more in most cases, unless that is something that you're going to encourage them to do. So it's really good to lead by example and to constantly talk to them about certain topics and have thought-provoking topics that you bring them up and kind of ask them, you know, to get involved with stuff. Just my two cents on that. And also, too, if you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com, brand new website. A lot of people have been getting feedback on it again, which I appreciate. Be sure to check out the product of the week, the Probiotic 350 billion on sale this week, and vote for what you want to see win later on this week as well on the website of healthmasters.com. Looks like the zinc and the D3 are pulling pretty strong on there, so be sure to vote for what you want to see win at healthmasters.com. And also check for a couple of the other big product kits that we have on the front page right now. And one of the first things, I've been getting a lot of emails from customers and listeners on what's been going on with the uh, in Maui, in basically in Hawaii down there in the islands with this massive fire. And, you know, it's interesting. The more videos I keep watching, the more reminiscent it is of what I saw in California with blatant directed energy weapon systems. There's a video I'm going to post on the website, and you can see the aerial footage that I talked about years ago in California. They were doing this where you'll see – Full brick houses, you know, block houses, literally reduced to dust and trees and forest and wooden fences surrounding the perimeter of the property aren't even burnt. But the house is literally turned to dust. And I mean, you watch hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, some of them had entire streets. And yet the fires suddenly don't seem to touch any of these other sections. They just burn down concrete brick houses, which doesn't happen. If you have massive wildfires that are going through, it's scorched earth. I mean, they tear up everything. And so it's interesting. You're starting to see some of this in Maui. And again, I don't know if it's the infrastructure, the electrical grid down there that's been, that hasn't been maintained properly. I had a customer email me that and tell me some stuff that he knew from being down there years ago. But one thing that I did find today, 
And, you know, when you start going down the rabbit hole of weird things, you got to kind of start doing some research to figure out if it's, you know, what's really happening with it. Well, I found some really strange stuff today that just kind of makes things a little bit creepier when you start actually digging into it. You guys recall what happened in Las Vegas with the shooting, the 2017 with, you know, Paddock allegedly and Mandalay Bay. You guys know that whole story. What's interesting about this, the incident commander and head of basically the narcotics division in Las Vegas PD, the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas PD incident commander for the shooting on July or in 2017 in Las Vegas was John Pelletier. Okay, we actually brought some of the stuff up years ago when that shooting was going on. Well, it's ironic about this. I never knew this till today. Somebody sent it to me back in 2000, uh, 2021. Who do you think was made new police chief of the Maui Police Department down there? Ah, None other than John Pelletier was basically brought in to be the people's department as the new police chief. They said that he basically will open the doors and windows and that his people's station. This is the people's department. and We will make sure everybody knows like that and feels like that. Pelletier, the former captain from the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, says he wants to keep moving forward. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't believe in coincidences very much. I find it very, very strange. This guy is incident commander of the 2017 shooting, which was a complete and total botch cover-up. We knew that from a lot of guys. I knew there were contractors that knew what was going on over there. I've talked about it in detail. And suddenly now, you know, two years before all this stuff happens, this guy is now the new police chief in Maui. Just thought that I would throw that out to you guys. Do with it what you want. But there's something very strange going over there. And ironically enough, once you've seen this stuff happen in Australia, seen it happen in other countries, there's high probability now you're going to watch and see that they're going to start bringing in these smart systems and these 5G systems and basically the um, aspects of 15-minute cities now that they want to start implementing on those islands as a beta test. Guarantee you, they're already doing it in Ukraine. They've been working on building the infrastructure back up in certain areas. This entire grid that they want to do, they want to keep everybody locked in 24-7 because this is why they want to put the facial recognition cameras, the tag cameras. Everything's got to be in a grid. The problem with this is this is a very, very expensive platform and system to be putting in with the Internet of Things. It's not something you just don't go in and just suddenly, oh, we're going to put a 5 tower up in one of these spots and yeah that's going to monitor everything no this stuff has to be all interconnected and it has to all have massive infrastructure put in behind it to be able to handle all the data collection that they're doing and so when you start seeing these things happen like this like i said just thought i would throw that out there some very strange things just like we've seen now in the ev market it's more and more people now i'm getting emails from people that have been involved with ev cars that are at absolute failure i'm getting more and more articles that are popping up now this one came up from the Daily Mail is this is a crazy story. Man from Canada, furious after he buys his F-150 Lightning, the electric car, which cost him $78,000 in USD or would have been $115,000 Canadian dollars. He ended up having to put two charging panels, one in his home and one in his business, to be able to handle the influx to actually charge the truck in a timely fashion. Also had to upgrade his entire home electric panel in order to handle this car. He got a minor fender bender a month after having the car, and the truck was in the shop for six months waiting on parts i've told you guys this is one of the major problems that nobody's factoring in with these ev vehicles is that if there's any damage at all to the battery system the truck is completely totaled period they will not replace it because or they will not fix it because it's not worth replacement of ordered an entire new battery because these vehicles are essentially built around the battery so he was waiting on parts apparently it didn't damage the battery but he's still waiting on other parts 
So they decided to go on a road trip to Chicago. Well, on the way to Chicago, he stopped in North Dakota, one of the first stops in the charging station. Lasted over two hours to charge his truck because the charging station was so slow. Cost him almost $60, which got him 215 miles. Then he got to Minnesota. Charging station didn't work. Went to Elk River. Charging station didn't work. Finally, it was 12 miles left to empty. You know, and basically found another one that he got at and had to essentially charge up. Well, finally, he couldn't find another charging station and ended up having the truck the truck basically broke down. He couldn't get anywhere. He had to get it towed to a shop. And finally, he gets to the shop. He gets it charged up. They get it back out. And then he finds out once again, he said, and I quote, he goes, I can't take it anywhere. I can't take the truck to my lake cabin. I can't take the truck camping. I can't take the truck on a road trip. I can only drive it in a city. It's the biggest scam of modern time. And, you know, I mean, I, I feel for this guy because he's trying to take his family on a trip, and it's just an absolute nightmare. It's one thing after another after another. But, again, this is why I've told you guys this technology is not designed for long over-the-road traveling or doing anything as far as realistically in the real-world environment. It's designed to be exactly what this guy just said. I can only drive in the city. They're big golf carts is what they are. And they're great if you're wanting to – got a two or three-mile-to-work commute. I'll be honest with you. If you're driving two or three miles to work and you park in here and you charge here and you charge it once a week because you drive it, you drive you know, four or five miles a day, probably pretty chill. Not really an issue. You know, it's, it's literally like driving a golf cart with AC. You just drive it around around town. You charge it up once a week and be done with it. Now, as far as <laughs> resale value and any issues with electrical charging and any of that, that's a whole other story. But from a productivity standpoint, really not an issue. The problem with it is that concept completely voids any aspect of being able to travel freely on your way. You can't even get out of your own state in most cases. You can't even travel anywhere. And so, again, this is what this agenda is starting to push. And as we've seen now with their own research, they've come out and they said even if you went 100 percent EV by 2050, the amount of actual temperature that's going to change is it's negligible. It's like 0.002 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that's because it doesn't have anything to do with climate change. It's about bringing in a system for people to have complete total control and monitoring over everybody's driving ability and being able to go anywhere they want. So, again, I just thought I would bring that up because there's a lot of stuff that keeps happening. And, you know, once you start realizing the truth is happening, like with these directed energy weapons, you know, what do you do with those things? I, mean, I don't know how to combat those things. That's a pretty serious platform, space-based weapon platforms, directed energy weapons. That stuff's been around since the early 2000s. We used it over in Iraq. And uh, what's interesting, though, what's crazy about it is it's something that needs to get addressed. I still can't tell you how many times I've talked to people, and they completely and totally deny the existence of any of this stuff. I've talked to them about the you know, the articles Dane Whitty did post with Geoengineering Watch. I mean, literally dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of weather warfare and weather modification patents. I mean, right here, I got the list. I'll post on the website. You guys can watch it. Just in the last, just this year, 2023, one, two, three, four, five, six patents have been approved, not applied for, approved in 2023 alone. I mean, all the way from method of geoengineering, reducing solar radiation, all the way from electromagnetic system to modify the weather, another one system for moderating energy absorptions in the Earth's surface, device for unmanned aerial vehicle to deploy rainfall, catalytic bomb, another one is coated chloride salt particles and methods of making and using the same. These are all patents that have got approved just this year in 2023, and the list goes up and up and up and up and up. You can look at all of them on there. I'll put it on the website. 
what they're wanting to do is have everything encompassed in this. And so one of the most effective things you can at least do is address it and realize that, hey, this is kind of a big elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. And, you know, directed energy weapons are very real and it's something, you know, you want to bring up. Also, to another news, this is interesting as well. Pfizer now is essentially doubling down and saying that nothing about the shots they've had, nothing about anything they were involved in were ever designed to be mandated. It was nothing at all. They basically have been questioning their role for pushing these harmful injections, unethical vaccine mandates, and policies of coercion during the Australian Senate inquiry. This is what was going on in Australia. The Pfizer country medical director, basically, they said that the government They've alleged that the government forced multiple rounds of Pfizer's products across all sectors of society, from education, healthcare, public service, to retail, mining, media, construction, pretending that there's no mandates at all and they're free of coercion. Pfizer representatives disagreed about the questions revolving vaccine mandates. They said, I firmly, I believe firmly that nobody was forced to have a vaccine, Dr. Thoreau said. However, the Pfizer executive reveals that their company pushed out its own staff when employees refused to comply with Pfizer's own vaccine mandates. This entire thing of what they're doing now is they're doing the typical gaslighting approach where they're coming back now. And this is this has happened multiple ways. And Fauci did this repeatedly. Birch did this repeatedly. You had uh, Walensky, basically, who was pre- prior director of the CDC, do this. Everything they said on mainstream media, they've contradicted now. And they've come back and said, well, that wasn't it wasn't true. We didn't we were, we were forced to do this. I mean, Trudeau's done that now in Canada. Oh, we, we never forced anybody to get a shot. It was, what are you talking about? We never made it mandatory for anybody to get a shot. Yeah, you said people couldn't go to work, they couldn't have a job, they couldn't go to a restaurant, they couldn't travel, they couldn't be out in public if they didn't get the shot. Well, yeah, but that's not – we didn't mandate it. We didn't say you had to have it. We didn't put a gun to your head. Well, yeah, you did everything but. But this is why I told everybody when all this first came down, when all this first started to happen with COVID, I said they can't physically get away with taking you you know, at your house and strapping you down, you know, locking you on a gurney and saying, okay, now we're going to inject you with this RNA gene therapy. They can't do that. There's very specific laws to that, not to mention you have the aspect of consent that they have to go along with. That's their old weird thing they're involved in. They had to make sure you signed the form and you signed off on it that you were going along with the shot and you knew that basically you were going along with it. I told many people that before. I said this whole thing's about consent, and it's designed to see how far the population will go and how much they'll comply with. What's interestingly enough, I saw an uh, article earlier because Ted's traveling right now, so I'm running solo today. He sent me an article from the German minister, the MEP, Christine Anderson, and she did a video. It's really interesting. For, it's on, posted on Twitter. I'll post it on the website today as well. She said the so-called pandemic was a beta test. It was conducted by unelected individuals to see how easily it could seize totalitarian control under the pretext of global emergency. The goal, ultimately, is to transform our free and democratic societies into a totalitarian society. Their goal is to strip each and every one of us of our fundamental rights of freedom, democracy, and the rule of law. They want to get rid of all of it. In the entire history of mankind, there's never been a political elite concerned about the well-being of regular people. This isn't any different now. For God's sake, stop complying. Start rebelling. They are out to get you if you do not resist. Very strong statement. I can't disagree with her whatsoever. And what's interesting, you know, that last paragraph that she said, which was very clear, she said in the entire history of mankind, there's never been a political elite concerned about the well-being 
of regular people. And she's got a very valid point with that. You can go back through history. Every time you start getting these government entities, these elite, these individuals that essentially think they're above the rest of everybody, they never, not one single documented time, have they ever, ever been concerned about the well-being of other people at all, period, never. It's never been their concern. It's always about how much control can they grasp. How much, how many things can they have essentially? How much can they monitor everybody and how much can they maintain their domination over everybody's lives? That's what it always comes down to every single time. There's never this factor where they take a step back and go, you know what? I'm a tyrant, I'm a totalitarian nightmare. But you know what? I really am a bit concerned about these people, you know, their health. I really want these people to be healthy. I just, there's a part of me that just, I'm a little concerned about them. I am. I'm really concerned, even though I would like to kill all of them and I'm a tyrant. I, I'm a little I'm a little concerned. You know, a little soft side of me is coming out. That said, no tyrant ever, 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 ever in history. Once you get these individuals that get in these positions, they're going to keep pushing the envelope and they're going to keep pushing the narrative. And that's exactly what she said here. The entire goal with COVID was to see how far they could push it was to see how far they could get keep people to comply with some of the most idiotic, moronic concepts that we've ever talked about in scientific history. And yet you saw the populace go along with a lot of it to the point that you had women that were pregnant going in and demanding that they be given experimental RNA gene therapy shots without any type of research showing that they were safe for the unborn baby and for the baby once he's born and her and anything and, and, and all the above. It's because that's what happens when people operate in fear. That's why fear is not of God. Sitting around being terrified, breathing your hands together, going, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do next? You know, I told everybody it was, it was ironic because you know, down here in Florida, we were probably one of the most rebellious states when that happened. But everybody just pretty much after the first lockdowns that everybody didn't comply with <laughs> for a month, everybody just kind of went back to normal. I remember going to Daytona Beach in June. And everything was still trying to be locked down, and nobody really complied. I remember they tried to shut down the beach for a month, and then finally the mayor of Daytona came in and said, dude, this isn't okay. Like you're literally going to ruin the entire industry here in Daytona. We've, we've only thing we thrive on is people coming to the beach here. And it was so stupid because I remember when we went there, we got flack from certain groups and certain kind of businesses. They were still kind of fighting it, and some of them were okay back and forth. And I remember I told somebody at a restaurant, I said – this has to be one of the dumbest concepts in history that I've ever seen is telling people that there's a virus out there and going to the beach in 90 degree weather with cool air coming off the Atlantic full of magnesium and manganese and all types of different minerals, fresh air, direct sunlight going out on the beach in the ocean. And you're told you can't go out on the beach because, well, COVID might get you out there. I said, that has to be by far one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my entire life, and I've never had one single person be able to justify a reason why, other than they said, COVID virus is going into storm gutters, and it's going back out in the ocean. It's going to blow back on you, which that just made it even dumber when they said that, and you saw out in California where the paddleboarder. I've brought this guy repeatedly in April 2020. Paddleboarder was arrested for paddleboarding by himself out off the coast of California, but yet suddenly, two months later, BLM and Antifa terrorists could hold a 50,000-person rally in downtown you know, LA protesting and rioting for social justice. 
the entire thing was about building this two-tiered system with rules for thee and not for me. People didn't realize that during COVID. That's what it was all about. It was about you follow the science and you follow the orders that we give you. But this other group, these Bolsheviks that we're using, we're going to show you a prime example that they don't have to follow the laws that we're trying to make you follow. We're going to prove to you that they will do anything we tell them to and you will not do anything we tell you not to do. That was the entire concept of what they pushed during COVID. And that's why it is so important, like this minister said from California or from from, uh, Germany, is that – It's time people start rebelling on this stuff. It's time people stop going along with it and stop buying things that they know are going along with these situations that are going to continue to keep pushing the narrative of what they want everybody to follow. So again, I'm going to put the list of this extensive list of all these different um, patents that have been approved for weather warfare and weather modification, I should say, and go along with it. And um, so you guys can read it and go through it because there's definitely some interesting information that's out there as well. Also, to an interesting news, another video, speaking of California, of massive mobs ransacking Nordstrom as the crime crisis intensifies out in L.A. And this goes right back to exactly what I said before in the example I told you guys a couple weeks ago, where the policies are going super soft on violent criminals. And anybody that goes around and does anything they want, essentially, San Fernandino Valley on Saturday afternoon prompted Mayor Karen Bass to pretty much condemn the chaos. However, they've still allowed this stuff to continue. Police said anywhere around 50 suspects were believed to be involved. The thieves were seen violently grabbing whatever merchandise they could carry, with many seen ripping the security devices attached to designer purses and luggage items off. Store shelves and display racks were destroyed, knocked out, and littered across the floor. At one point, security guard who tried to intervene was attacked with basically mace, CS, CS spray, and it's unclear what his condition is. And what's crazy about this is this is just starting to become normal occurrence. This is this is just becoming normal policy now in California. And this is what happens when you have no bond policy where somebody gets arrested for violent assault or for you know grand theft and they literally go in with the arrest, they get processed and they go right back out the door. There was one case where I've told you guys about the one guy that kept breaking into this man's garage out in California, and he ended up doing it three different times over a two-day period. He got arrested for being in there, got in a fight with the guy. The cops called up. The guy got arrested, got right back out of jail, went right back to the garage again to try to break in again, got arrested again, came back like 12 hours later after he got out of jail, went in and got arrested again a third time. Then finally, I think at that point, they Baker acted him because they couldn't keep him in jail because of the doggone policies. Baker acted at least keep him in for 72 hours. This is why you're starting to see these things occur because you start realizing when there is no society morals, there is no basis, there is no definitive hard line of right and wrong, and essentially everything goes, this is what you start to see occur all the time. Because this is why they're wanting to push this agenda. This is why they're pushing the transgender ideology. This is why they're pushing the morals and ethics out of every factor, especially the school system. Because once you can not define anything, there is no basis. The republic is massively inadequate to function in the United States without a God-based principle system. Just what it is. I've talked about that before in detail. You can't sit there and have a society that hates God that basically hates ethics, that hates morals, that hates principles, that hates right and wrong as far as the the concept of it, and expect that to function. It doesn't work. 
this is one of the reasons why during you know the Wild West days, it was got so violent out there because it was pretty much a free for all. And you saw that depravity kicked in for certain individuals, that when there was no real rule of law, there really was no law enforcement, it got really bad. And then you start factoring in all kinds of other factors like heavy alcohol consumption and everything else out there, and it, was, it got violent. And that's why there's constant gunfights all the time, constant shootings, and they're having to hang everybody all the time out there, constant public lynchings. They had to do that to essentially establish the fact that, hey, if you do this and you get caught now, you're going to be hung by the neck until dead. And it was a very, you know, kind of a rough time back then. But if you had to put a basis on it, you can't just run around shooting people all the time. You can't just run around robbing people all the time. It's not acceptable in a civilized society. And so, you know, you see that in almost every point of where you start seeing that God is removed. And remember, because that's what happened with a lot of stuff out in California, down in the Midwest, is the gold rush. Everybody started rushing out there to go get gold. They started rushing out there, and you could watch older Western movies and stuff when that happened. And when that happens, it almost invariably always ends up with people fighting and killing each other on a regular basis over it because there's no way you can have people that are simply going out there for greed or going out there for wealth or going out there to try to get gold and all of them getting along and nobody doing anything bad eventually when you start having people that just want to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. So something to be aware of why it's so important to make sure you continue to instill in your kids righteousness, right versus wrong. You know, I've talked to Lana about that as we, you know, we try to read the Bible all the time with the kids and try to have discussions with them about certain things. And if something occurs, I try to explain it to them, you know, basic way that I can say, understand what's happening because I've watched now, you know, there was that Remember a couple months ago of that kid. It was, I forgot where it was. It was up in, the, in one of the North States. It just popped in my head, six years old, came, brought a gun, stole his mom's gun from the house, six years old, came to school and shot his teacher. I mean, when you start having a society that starts to think that's normal for younger generations, then you got a problem, and this is what they're doing so aggressively with this transgender movement with children is they're trying to go in and they're trying to groom these children into sexualizing, hypersexualizing them. Newsflash to anybody that understands psychology. There are no hypersexualized kids at five and six years old. They're not definitive trigenders or bi, you know, bisexual or homosexual or any of this stuff. It doesn't exist. You can look at it from basic psychology. They're just trying to figure out who they are in general. They have no definitive basis on that unless you're grooming them and you're putting that information in your head, their head and you're intentionally trying to make sure that they are constantly bombarded with perversion and filth so that at a certain point in time, they have no idea where their correct path is. They can't find it because all they've been immersed in is perversion for the last four, five, six years. So by the time they hit 11, 12, 13 years old, they know nothing different at all. They simply are just like, okay, well, this is me. This is what I've been told. This is what I've been groomed for. So that's why it's so important. You constantly, constantly keep the truth out there to your parents or your, your kids. And as parents, you constantly keep encouraging them and making sure that they really, really know what's happening, that they can continue to get the truth out there and also encourage the other friends. Keep raising little Americans. You know, it's so crucial, especially if you're raising little boys, that you understand that real true men have to have the capability of violence, but they have to be able to tame that violence. A man that talks about being great and good because he's basically submissive and weak and 
he's not violent because he can't be because he has no concept of doing it. It doesn't make him a good person or a strong person. It just makes him a weak individual in society. Being able to have the concept of knowing and understanding on how to defend things with extreme violence, but also having the control and self-control and discipline not to exert that in any situation unless absolutely having to, that's how men are based as far as in a real, true, natural society. Because men have to be there to protect their country. They have to be there to protect their family. They got to be there to protect their kids. It's, I mean, this, this is just a law of the jungle. You know, a guy walks out in the jungle and he goes, it's okay. I'm extremely pacifist. I don't know how to fight at all. I don't know how to defend myself, but I'm a really good person because I don't know how to commit violence. The jungle is going to eat him alive within minutes. He will not exist very long. He'll be gone on this earth. Somebody goes out and goes, I don't want to be involved in this. Do not push me to do this. But if you do understand, there will be repercussions. That's the only way you function. And that's the only way you survive. And this is why they're constantly trying to remove the concept of masculinity. When they talk about it in a negative light, like it's bad to be a male. Why is it bad to be a male? Nobody, you didn't, nobody get to ask for this. You male or female. You got picked. It's just what happened at birth. You know what I mean? It happened in conception. There's no question about whether it's right or wrong. It's just it is what it is. You got to take that up with God when you talk to him. But sitting there and trying to discount men and say, well, because he's a male, because he's strong, because he's aggressive, you know, he's a bad person. That's one of the most horrific things you can possibly do to a society is try to demasculate the males that are out there trying to protect everybody. I remember that one movie with a few good men with Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise, really great film of the Marine Corps. And they're talking about basically the situation that occurred when some of that one Marine got hazed because he wasn't keeping up. And I mean, I won't tell you the whole story if you haven't seen it. But he, when he talks about it, he goes, you can't handle the truth. He goes, you need me on that wall. He goes, you guys pretend that you live here and that everything's great because there's men on walls with guns that protect you. It's really easy to criticize me <laughs> and criticize what I do because you're not on that wall and you've never been on that wall. Once you start realizing that you have to be able to defend yourself and you have to be able to defend your family and that people that criticize someone for having that ability to do so have no basis in reality. There was an issue that occurred not too long ago at a, at a, uh, basically a school that I had heard about that basically a bunch of the, the, the um, leaders there, the women, they didn't want to have any type of security at the school. They didn't think they needed it. And there was multiple people that wanted to have sheriff detail there. And there was, it was going back and forth and I heard about it and I just, I laughed and I shook my head and I read some of the stuff that was being said. Cause I was talking to a friend about it and you know, the girl said, well, it's, it's not, you know, some people are going to feel uncomfortable if there's a sheriff detail, Mark sheriff detail at school. And I, I looked, I said, dude, that's gotta be one of the dumbest things I've ever read in my life. I said, do you think if somebody walks up and they're a bad guy with a gun at a school, just like we saw in Tennessee, there's nobody there to stop them. Do you think there's going to there's gonna turn around and walk off if they're bent on doing something wrong? No. Now, all of a sudden, somebody walks up, and there's a Mark Sheriff, especially Polk County Sheriff around here in Central Florida, <laughs> which everybody knows Grady Judd and Sheriff Department in Central Florida, they do not play. If you engage law enforcement, they will kill you, period. It's just part of it. You love it, hate it, don't like it, whatever. Don't care, don't live here if you don't like it. They know that. Everybody knows that. So you start having a criminal that shows up at a school and there's Mark Sheriff detail outside. There's a 100% guaranteed chance he is going to think twice. Now, he may do something stupid still. There's not, it's not saying he won't, but there's a 100% chance that he is going to think about it for a second and go, oh, man, he's got radio backup. 
They always got helicopters all the time with the sheriff's department floating around. There's always going to be backup on the way. I know this guy's proficient because the sheriff's department doesn't play around as far as with training and, you know, round usage and actually training their law enforcement to be weapons qualified very well, unlike some other law enforcement agencies. So do I really want to go to this specific school or this specific church? Is that really something that I want to do right now? No, I probably don't. And again, it's the same concept. You got a man on a wall with a gun protecting you, but you get some of these individuals. Sometimes they're so naive. They've never really been in anything before. They have this utopia idea that, oh, no, we don't need that. Nothing bad's going to happen. You're absolutely right. The chance of something occurring is extremely low. However, if something were to occur and something were to happen, I'd like to make sure that somebody's there and the people at the church and the people at the school are best protected, especially if I'm not there. Somebody that I know isn't there that's extremely you know, qualified as well. Sheriff's Department has comms and way more stuff than I have as far as getting a hold of law enforcement. So, again, this is why it's really important as things start to degrade, as you see what's going on, really go in and ask, you know, is this something that I think is a good idea? Is this something that's going to benefit my country, my friends, my family, my society? And based on that, a lot of times you look at it and go, yeah, this is something that I should be doing, something that is really good. You know what I mean? Take, take a knife training class. Take close quarter weapons class. Take jujitsu class. Take Muay Thai. Take something. But learn how to be able to be defensive and learn how to handle situations and whatever they may come, shape, or form. Because quite frankly, I promise you, when stuff happens – you're very rarely ever expecting it to happen <laughs> how it is. You're never really sitting around and all of a sudden, you know, looking at your cameras right when somebody's breaking into your front door and going, oh, I saw them. I knew they were walking in. Oh, they're breaking into my front door now. Oh, I'm, I'm now prepared and ready to go. Generally doesn't happen like that. Yeah, I was talking to a friend the other day. They're having an issue with, a, uh, with an animal as far as with a dog that it basically was getting too aggressive. And he said, you know, we didn't really think it was much of an issue. And then we watched one of the cameras and the way he was acting and some of the stuff that happened with him. And he looked back and he said, well, now I realize what happened. Well, because he wasn't there when it happened originally. But when you go back and look at it, you go, OK, now what do, I, what do I need to do? Do I need to get rid of this animal? Is this something that's not OK? I've told people this many times. I've had lots of dogs my entire life. It is crucial that you make sure, especially when you get a dog, you really monitor how they interact with the family, with the kids. It doesn't matter if you got a German Shepherd. It doesn't matter if you got a Doberman. It doesn't matter if you have a Pit Bull. It doesn't matter if you have a Rottweiler. It doesn't matter if you have a Chihuahua. Whatever the dog may be, you need to monitor it and make sure that he's going to interact properly. You know, I remember when I got – our first pit bulls, the two, you know, two of them that we had, and they basically they got hit. Both of them got hit by trucks. That was rough. Years ago, we had to put them down, and we got another one now. He's a great dog. But I remember my trainer that told me when I got him, he said the biggest thing you need to do when you get them, especially if you got kids, he goes from puppy up. He goes when they're eating their food, he goes put your hand in the bowl and put your hand in their mouth. And I said what really? He said they're going to bite you a little bit. I said yeah. He goes yeah, they're, they're going to bite you a little bit, but they're going to stop. He goes, because what you want to make sure is that they don't become food aggressive. If your children walk up to them while they're eating, you don't want them to get aggressive. If your kids put their hand in their bowl while they're eating, you don't want them to get aggressive. You want them to understand that family is family and that they are there to protect the family at any and all costs. But family always is taken care of. And I've always trained like that with my animals that I've had is continually just, you know, working with them. But sometimes – some dogs are bad, man, and you got to be really aware of that. Dog attacks are not a joke. They're a very serious problem, especially if you have big dogs. And so you got to understand and be aware of that. And, and if the time comes and something does occur and you feel there's a need to you know, address something, you know, you got to put him down, you got to get rid of him, 
you can't hesitate. You say, okay, listen, this is what's going to happen now. This is in the best interest of the family because the family is the most important factor that I have right now, and I have to continue to protect them at any and all cost. Just something I, I got kind of sidetracked on that, but I've just I've seen a lot of stuff with that over the years. And you know, a lot of people try to talk bad about certain animals and certain things. And you look at it and go, well, you know, what was the cause of it or were there any signs? In most cases, a lot of times there are usually people or there's usually signs of saying, hey, this is something weirds going on with this. Something isn't right with this. I need to address it. The same thing goes with friends for your kids. If you got friends, you have kids, you know, look how they start acting, especially if they start getting older. You start having kids that they're hanging around that want to go look at bad stuff. They want to talk bad things. They want to go act a devious behavior. You may need to really question whether or not you want your kids to hang out with them on a regular basis. Just a thought. You know, there's something very important nowadays, especially with the stuff that's on the Internet. And a lot of these kids now, these parents, they just give their kids open access to the Internet. I don't know why. Never understood that concept as far as giving a five, six, seven, eight-year-old just an open iPad. Oh, they can go on YouTube and they can do this, but some other stuff's restricted. I'm like, YouTube? YouTube? You ever clicked a couple times on YouTube and gotten to the dark side of YouTube? And all of a sudden you're like, what in the world? Where am I at right now? Why in the world am I here? Then X out all this. The YouTube's got some very, very, very sick stuff on it. Not to mention you've got this entire kids' YouTube now that is literally riddled with thousands, thousands of transgender and homosexual videos now directly geared towards five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds. I mean directly geared towards them with kids in the show that they're talking about this stuff to right on YouTube kids right now. So, yeah, no, YouTube is not the place just to give you kids open access to say, hey, whatever's going on here, let's go ahead and uh, just um, give, them, give them access to this. Let them watch this. Let them do that. Not if you care about your kids. Not if you want to make sure they maintain the level of, you know, I guess you could say innocence as long as they can. Because, quite frankly, you know, it, it happens fast enough. I mean, they're, they just go, you know, and this is what is constantly occurring now. And why it's so important. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting as well. <laughs> Disney has now basically pulled another move that they're getting blasted for. They said, welcome to the West Coast, Mess Coast, the home of Disneyland, the fanciful, magical kingdom. Essentially, now they're putting up this guy who dresses up as Minnie Mouse. And essentially, they're using this as this Disney-style uh, account to start promoting their cast members and I just, I just shook my head. It's a dude dressed like Minnie Mouse. I, I, I can't, I can't, I don't even know what to say anymore. With this, but again, this is constantly being done to test, to test the population. It's like a prod poke. You poke, ow, that hurt. All right, poke a little softer. Ah, that didn't hurt that much. All right, ah, ow, you poked harder. That hurt. Ah, well, maybe too much. Poke a little less. All right, well, that wasn't that much. Poke a little bit less. That doesn't really bother me. That's not much going on there. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Don't worry about that. That's what they constantly do. They're constantly beta testing everyone to see what they'll go along with. I mean, Bud Light, I mean, I have to say the American population really showed themselves as far as what they felt about that whole thing with Dylan, that 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 tranny kid that was all big on social media who's gotten eviscerated now. And I mean, Bud Light, there was a video the other day, some big biker rally, veteran rally, and they had a whole Bud Light tent set up, this whole I mean a whole like Bud Light bar section. There wasn't a single person getting beer there, not a single person. And it's people now, if you, anybody is an American that's awake, it's like it's and this is crazy because I never thought you'd say this. But if you walk around with a Bud Light, you are automatically getting roasted, period. 
I've talked to numerous people that's like, bro, you I'm, you know, you won't drink one, period. I'm not buying one. Not, not getting one at all. Won't be seen with one. And I'm like, well, is it really that big of a deal? I ask people, you know, it's kind of see. Oh, yeah, it's that big of a deal. Not doing it. And it's funny now because it's, I mean, and it's rough because you get, you know, you've got the businesses and the truck drivers, a lot of stuff they're having to lay off now. And now Anheuser-Busch is actually dumping part of their different types of beers they have. They're actually having to sell off some of them because they've been hemorrhaging so much cash. But again, it shows you, you know, when you go after a population, it's much, much larger than the other population that you're trying to cater to. And this is what I've had such a problem with and why I've told people to really question this is why in the world does, you know, 99.5% of the population supposed to cater to 0.5% of the population that has gender dysphoria disorder, probably even less than that percentage. When in the world and society do we take the general norm and throw it out the window to make sure certain people that have a mental disorder feel good about their fantasy? That's never really been a concept in civilized society whatsoever. It's never been asked upon the general population to go along with fantasies of psychologically, you know, essentially disabled individuals that are having a real problem. And what's happening is now this is why they're pushing this concept in the school on the kids because they're trying to manufacture this problem now. They're trying to make it a problem and try to come out and say, oh, listen, there's this many kids now that are training. Oh, now there's this many kids. Oh, we've got this many children. The population's exploding. Well, that's what happens when you keep planting seed day after day after day after day after day into these kids' heads. They're going to start having a problem mentally because you're literally giving them a mental disorder with your propaganda. And then turn around and say, okay, now we have an issue. Now you guys need to address it. Now we've got to do something about it because, you know, there's so many of these kids. That's what they're doing if nobody's figured that out yet. They're manufacturing their own problem. And this is, goes right back to the, the um, Cloward and Piven with also to the Hegelian dialectic with the problem action solution. They come in with a problem that they manufacture. Then they come in with a solution. Or they come in with an action that they basically say, well, this is going to fix the problem, and then they have the solution. And all of it from the very beginning is controlled and dominated by their own doing. Everything from the manufacturing of the single problem. This is why when you see certain things happen, like with some of these shootings that are so bizarre, and I get it. There are certain organic shootings that happen, and there are problems that happen in mass shootings that occur that have nothing to do as far as with you know false flag. There's, I mean, there's no question about that. But when you start getting ones that get 100% media attention for days and days and days and days and days, and all they do is talk about the entire time how we need to disarm everyone – and then suddenly you find out the shooters, this random guy that was broke that had no money, but suddenly was able to amass, you know, a twenty thousand dollar arsenal. And then suddenly they have this manifesto that he has, and suddenly they find out exactly why he did it. And it's always because he's a white supremacist. And then suddenly the whole story just completely and totally goes away after legislation gets brought up about making sure they can start disarming and controlling the guns. That's when you pretty much know one hundred percent. Because one thing I've learned about like the mainstream media doesn't want anybody to talk about it they don't post it anytime you see events that occur and all of a sudden the mainstream media just goes dark on it no coverage nothing especially when there's other incidents that occur that are very similar that they've given 24 7 media coverage to that's when you know that's something they're trying to keep in the dark and they don't want people talking about that's just that that's a fact right there and so that's why it's really really important when you start looking at a lot of this stuff to really look at it with an open mind and say okay what's going on you know why in the world are we allowing these things to happen and why in the world are we just pretending like we're seeing now 
with these guys that are crossing the southern border now, these cartel guys. They got rifles on and body armor on and just walking across, you know, on, on, you know, on you know, game camp footages. These cartels, why in the world we got videos of cartel members with AT-4 rocket launchers strapped to the back down the southern border? You know, where are these weapons coming from? We already know what happened, you know, as far as with the Iran-Contra affair and all the nonsense that happened with that. Now we're seeing more and more and more that these things are really starting to become more controlled, and that's what's happening with Ukraine. I mean, look, there's, there's a military base, a giant military base less than 100 miles from Maui, giant military base. You've seen very little support for that part of the that part right now, that island. Very little support. Yet they're literally babbling again. They're babbling. Biden's babbling again about needing to give Ukraine another ten billion dollars right now. There's a video of Ukraine. It was like downtown Kiev, and they've got these water misters everywhere. And everybody's running around. Everybody's got shopping, you know, shopping bags, and they're shopping, and all these like designer purses. It, it was video Kiev. It was like from a week ago. They're running around. They have all these big water misters everywhere. The place is superbly clean. Well, yeah, their country's having a boom right now. So what happens when you dump over $100 billion into a country. But yet, hey, we, we don't have time to help any part of the country out. No, they'll come in now with Mali. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what they're going to do with that, that island. They're going to come in with BlackRock and State Street. And they're going to come in, and they're going to pump billions of dollars into rebuilding it. They're going to say it's all about helping us. It's all about rebuilding it. It's all about controlling it and making sure they have better way of life, quality of life. And they're going to go in and put a giant 5G 15-minute eco-city on that island. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to come in and say it's all for everyone's safety and protection. It's all for everybody's support. But again, this is why – I saw somebody send me an email earlier. They said they have basically these, these air raid-style sirens. If there's basically a hurricane or a storm or wildfires, they said the sirens never were going off, never went off. That's why a lot of people didn't even know what was going on. They, they said that's why so many people are dead because they told everybody to shelter in place. And all of a sudden these houses are just going up in flames. When you told us to shelter in place, there's no siren on. We didn't know what to do. Again, almost like they wanted that to happen over there. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, to another news, you know, I talked about last week. You know, I want to bring this up again because somebody wrote me an email on it about what we're starting to see now with the research with the heart scarring as far as with young children with myocarditis after they've gotten the COVID shot. And I was talking to another individual the other day, and they were just talking about how their father was just would not listen, would not listen, would not listen, decided to get the shot. And, you know, he wasn't even that old. He was like in his 50s. And basically he's had constant blood clot problems now, constant cardiovascular issues. And I thought to myself, you know, this is what we've seen now with these younger kids having these health problems. You know, what is going to start happening when you start combining these shots with all these other vaccines? I've brought this up before. Now they're rolling out the RSV shot. You guys saw that. I talked about it two weeks ago. The CDC is now approving the RSV shot for young children like like infants now to be used and recommended for infants six months old and older, the RSV shot to be added on to the shot schedule as well. The CDC is recommending it. So we've literally had two shots that have zero long-term testing, especially the RNA gene therapy COVID shot at all. You have the RSV shot that had virtually no long-term testing with children. And we've had both of those now added to the roster on the CDC shot schedule this year alone on top of all the other injections, all the other injections that they've already had on the list. And we're wondering why we are the sickest country in the world. We're wondering why all these children are coming down with these severe problems. I mean, I can't tell you how many times now I constantly get these emails 
about kids that are born super healthy and all of a sudden it just goes from bad to worse and it, con- it always ends up with tubes are in their ears. Then they've got to get their tonsils pulled. Then they've got to get their adenoids pulled. I wish I hadn't heard that story dozens of times. I really do. And that's why I encourage so many parents, please do your own research. I had a customer, a girl email me the other day and she told me, she goes, you know, she goes, I was really, she had just had her first kid, like a 13 month old kid, kid's super healthy. And she said, I appreciate you guys getting the truth out there. She said, before this, you know, before I heard you guys a couple years back, you know, I didn't have a kid yet. I was, I really thought that was the mainstream model that I was supposed to get my kids shots. I was supposed to go along with it. I was supposed to do it. That's just what I was told to do. And she goes, I started to do more research after you talked about it. And she went into detail. She goes, and then I decided that, you know what, I was just going to defer them. And she goes, every time I go to the pediatrician, she goes, I actually have a decent one that listens to me. And I've told them, you know, hey, listen, I'll look at getting the shots when they need to get the shots. If they need to go to daycare, they need to go to school. I'll address it then. But right now, you know, my daughter's 13 months old. She has no business whatsoever getting constantly injected every three months with shots, and we'll just take it from there. We'll see how we, you know, take it as we see fit. And you know, she's actually got a decent pediatrician. I think she was over in Louisiana or something. And then, trust me, that that's a rarity. Though I do have to say that a lot of the pediatricians are not like that. But again, this is why it's so important to educate one another and talk about it and have open dialogues with people. You know, there's gonna be stuff you disagree with. There's gonna be stuff that you talk about with people, and it may get you riled up some. But it's important that you have an open dialogue discussion where you can bring stuff up, blatantly say, "Hey, listen, I don't know if I agree with this. I don't, not sure about this. Let's have a topic about it." You know, I have I constantly bring that up to a couple of my friends all the time about Antarctica. And everybody's always got this opinion on Antarctica. And I, my stance is this. We know they lied to us about almost every war. We know they lied to us about the glyphosate. We know they've lied to us about all the injections and the vaccines. We know they lied to us about COVID. I mean, the list goes on of stuff I know they lied to us about with the government that they've admitted. And, I said, and you believe that we have a giant continent at the bottom of the globe, allegedly, that has an Antarctic treaty with almost, I think, 58 countries or plus, plus more now with military bases and all types of systems that are down there. And it's just because they want to monitor the ice caps and penguin migration. Yeah, pretty sure that's not what's going on down in Antarctica. That's why you can't fly to Antarctica. That's why you can't hang out in Antarctica. That's why you can't visit Antarctica. You can go visit the Rothschild Peninsula, which, by the way, yes, there is a Rothschild Peninsula that's called that on Antarctica. That's where a lot of the penguins are. You know, you take a boat over there in the edge of Antarctica, and you can go see some of that. That's about the extent you're getting as a civilian in Antarctica. And so I just – like I said – I just ask questions and stuff. You start going down the rabbit hole too deep with Antarctica, you start getting like, oh, I don't even know what in the world's going on down there because there's a whole lot of crazy stuff that pops up about that. You know, whether or not they're true or not, I don't know. But I do know one thing. It's like one of the only places in the world that you can't travel freely, and yet they tell us there's nothing to see down there while the entire world, governments have descended down there and flocked down there on a regular basis with an enormous amount of research and equipment that is constantly being brought down there. Yeah, just my two cents. Throw that out there for what you want. <laughs> also, too, in other news, something I was encouraging a friend about because we actually uh, – there's a um, IV company now, an IV company. It's like a wellness wellness uh, doc in Lakeland now. Dad got it last week. He got a vitamin C IV over there. We're going to promote them. I haven't talked to him about it yet. We're going to promote it probably this week. They're really good in Lakeland. They do high-dose intravenous vitamin C IV. I've always encouraged people to use that if they need it, if they start getting sick. Also, too, if you don't have the ability to do so, you can microdose the vitamin C. I had a customer 
asked me the other day, emailed me about what he thinks is going to start happening in the fall. You know, especially when people start getting these tri shots, this RSV, this flu, and this COVID shot that they're supposed to start rolling out. I think in September, from what I've heard, they're telling everybody to start getting this starting in September or October. Don't quote me on that yet. Yeah, the dates have been thrown around with the CDC. And I said, I can pretty much tell you what's going to happen in the fall. I said, you're probably going to see an enormous amount of people are going to start getting unbelievably ill. And I said, they're probably going to be really contagious too. I said, a lot of people, their immune systems are already shot from the stuff that's in their system. And I said, now you start taking these shots and start injecting it and pumping them into people repeatedly. I said, you're bound to start having some serious problems. And I said, you're going to have people walking around. They're essentially just walking Petri dishes. I mean, they're just, they're just going to be just walking around expelling this stuff on a regular basis because you can't keep injecting these things into your body and not have side effects, as we've clearly seen with all the research from COVID and one another. So, again, this is why it's really, really important that I encourage people, keep your body's immune system strong. Make sure you're hammering the vitamin C every day. Make sure you're taking your D3 10,000 K2. It's probably one of the reasons why. It gets picked so much for product of the week whenever we put it out there because everybody knows, you know, with the antioxidants and the quercetin that's in it, you can take two or three of them and you can take them four and five times a day. If you take them a day with food, it won't cause a lot of gastric disruption and it'll really keep your immune system and your, your vitamin C levels elevated because remember, vitamin C is water soluble. It doesn't store in your body long term. It's constantly flushed out. So you've got to constantly keep vitamin C in your system. That's a concept a lot of people fail to realize because D3 is the opposite. D3 is fat soluble. So you can take pretty high doses of D3. You get your blood levels where it's where, it's, where they're at and check them. And you can really monitor it pretty good off and on and keep a dosage where you need it to be with the 10,000 K2. And that's the one that I use on a regular basis. I usually take probably on a, on a maintenance period. I take about one every day to every other day. If I start getting sick, I'll bump the dosage up to four or five, which is 50,000 I use, but I only do that for a day or two. And so, again, if you're monitoring your blood levels on a regular basis, there's not an issue. I've seen a lot of people have gotten in arguments with me about saying, well, it's too much D3 and it's you can get D3 toxic and all this stuff. Yes, there is. There is the concept of getting D3 toxic. However, what people don't realize is you have to take enormous amounts of D3 for an extended period of time to really, truly become D3 toxic. I think the highest I've ever seen somebody get was like 93 on blood work, which is starting to get borderline toxic. But yet they were taking an insane amount. I think they were taking like 100,000 IUs a day for an extended period of time, which is, I don't recommend that. And so, again, this is why it's important you check blood works. I've had one person there arguing. They're like, no, no, no. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm taking like 5,000. I'm not taking your 10,000. It's too much. I don't want to be taking that much. And they got their blood work back and their D3 was at like 31. And I'm like, bro, you need, at least needs to be over 40. You know, I'm like, so obviously you're not taking too much. You can bump your dosage up on it. Because remember, the lives that people live now, especially inside as much as they are with much clothing and with doggone uh, sunscreen that people put on now, the ability for D3 uptake is not nearly as high as it used to be back in the day, especially the sunscreen. Now, everybody's got their own opinion on sunscreen, but I'll tell you right now, 99% of the sunscreen out there is way worse than the sun you're getting hit with, period. The chemicals and compounds they put in the sunscreens are so unbelievably toxic. That's why if you're going to run one, make sure you're running like an organic one that's just like zinc oxide or something. Because some of that stuff, man, you do your research on sunscreen. You'll wonder why people are – getting skin cancer now it's exploding exponentially all over the place and oh it's from the sun it's from the sun there's no doubt about it abusing your body with too much sun's not going to be healthy for you and getting constantly burnt all the time that's a fact however 
going in and putting on massive amounts of toxic chemicals and hosing down them every time you walk outside or go to the beach or go to the pool, I promise you that is not healthy. That is much worse for you than getting a sunburn occasionally. I'm not recommending you get a sunburn. What I'm saying is do some research on the sunscreens, especially with young children, because those stuff, those chemicals, they can have very, very long-term health problems, especially with reproductive systems and toxicity issues with those kids when they start getting older, especially if they're constantly, constantly, constantly getting drenched in sunscreen every single time they go outside. Just something to be aware of on that because I know a lot of people are funny about that, especially down here in Florida. And again, it's important that you get D3. So if you're not out of the sun a lot, at least be hammering the supplements and continue to keep your immune system strong. Also, too, if you guys need anything, like I said before, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. i got multiple specials on the front page today that you guys can check out. And please vote for the products of the week. I've noticed they're not getting quite as many votes as last uh, the previous website we have. I think a lot of people are trying to figure it out. It's pretty simple. You can cl- click the thumb up for the vote for it, but you must be logged in to vote. We do that to make sure we maintain continuity of the voting system so that basically we don't have just bots going in or people going in and trying to vote 50 different times over and over and over again for something. So you you log in, you get one vote per product. So whatever you want to be on sale, whatever you want to win, make sure you vote for it for products of the week coming up this Wednesday at healthmasters.com. I appreciate all the support, my friends. You know where to get a hold of us. 1-800-726-1834. If you need anything at all, we're always here to help you out. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.